Hey everyone, this is Isaac, and you're listening to the Everything Comes From Something podcast, a podcast that is unoriginal, because everything comes from something. That's right. Go ahead and listen to the show if you enjoy it. This show is currently 100% fan-funded. You can support us at patreon.com slash podcast. and if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at ECFS Podcast on all platforms except for Twitter. It's at ECFS Pod. Some guy stole the podcast thing. But that is beside the point. Welcome to the new Everything Comes From Something. If you've been a long-time listener, this is our reboot. And this little section will be a bumper. If we ever get ads, um, we'll probably put them here or give you any updates. One of the biggest updates currently right now is that we have revamped our Patreon, if you've been listening. At the $1 level, you can get a question on the show because nobody's asking questions at the $5 level. And at the $5 level, we are actually going to be offering an exclusive podcast for supporters at that level and above. It's going to be our nothing to do with anything podcast. 30 minutes. The rest of the show will stay exactly the same. Um, I'm, I'm sure we have plenty more updates to come. Uh, enjoy the intro music and enjoy the show. Do you guys want to know a really funny story about... It's not funny, but you want to know a crazy story about Spider-Man? Which Spider-Man? Like the first movie. Like uh, Spider-Man Homecoming? Oh, I forget. You guys are babies. <laughs> Is that the amazing Spider-Man you're <laughs> no, talking no, about? No, the one with Tobey Maguire. Who's that? Seabiscuit. <laughs> um, you guys remember it. What a topical reference. Seabiscuit. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So I remember being a kid. And I do not know what movie we were watching. Part of me wants to say it was Gladiator, but that, that probably doesn't line up timeline As a wise. kid? 2000. Yeah. Lucky household. Oh, no, I mean, okay, this is, a, <laughs> this, is a, this is a tangent. But in my household, uh, my mom was like, you can't watch anything over PG-13. Uh, but we have to be here. Like, so you can watch PG by yourself all you want. PG-13, we have to be here. And you're definitely not going to watch Rated R. My dad was like, if your mom's not home, she doesn't know. Um, oh. And then it was like. My dad would like put on like child's play and he's like, hey, if you're in the room while this is on, it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) I actually kind of had a similar situation. Like my dad would be like, you can't watch any of these movies until it's an R-rated movie I like. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) I remember watching um, like Alien and it like wasn't scary, but I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like it's Mm. so cool. Mm. So we're watching this movie as a family and then uh, this trailer comes on and this is like. I believe, I mean, you'll kind of find out where this is going. It's 2001, September. I want to say it's like mid-September, like the 13th or the 15th. You know where this is going. And so Spider-Man's swinging around, and me and my family are like, oh, wow, cool, Spider-Man, like in a movie, like a live-action Spider-Man. And there's like a helicopter he's chasing, and we're like, this is amazing. And then he, he webs it up in between the Twin Towers, and we were like, oh. Oh. Like all of us were just good. like, Ooh, and they did this giant recall on like all these movies, these VHSs that like had that like trailer in it because it was like no, 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 because like they they made the trailer before the attacks, then the attacks, but the trailers were already like or the VHSs were already like being shipped out as that was happening, and they just kind of forgot about it, I guess, because it was like yeah, this is what's crazy is that Spider Man is linked to my nine eleven experience too. <laughs> Because the day it happened, I was playing with my Spider-Man action figures. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I like, I remember that very, very specifically. And I was sitting in this red wagon and my mom forced my sister to go to school anyways. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I. You know what's funny is like, <laughs> you know what's funny? We're talking about 9-11. No, you know what's funny is... Um, <laughs> You know what's funny? This show is starting super weird. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Everything Comes From Something. My name is Isaac Ransom. I'm Cameron Tuttle. I'm Ruben. Welcome back, Ruben. This, you know, the first one's like, oh, Ruben talked about comedy. That's really interesting. How's he been? Second episode's like, you guys want to know about 9-11? Like, oh, that's how he's doing. <laughs> oh, See, I remember yes. they, they retconned a bunch of movies. Um, yeah. Probably like, need to retcon this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they retconned Lilo and Stitch hard and, and instead of using because they had like a Boeing 747 flying in between buildings, like, buildings and like and it came out right right oh, after 9/11. and then they changed it to like to the ship and flying through the island yeah right right, yeah. right. I remember that actually yeah. which is like you can find the the like animatics of it online like, yeah they, they the released original. it like like uh, also on the morning of September 11, 2001, they were filming the movie. Have you guys ever seen this Master of Disguise? No. Yes. With Dana Carvey. Yeah, I know Master of Disguise. <laughs> yeah, it's, where... a, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> it's really bad. So you know the Turtle Club sequence? Yeah. That was being filmed on the morning of September 11, 2001. Are you kidding me? So when Dana Carvey found out about the September 11th attacks, he was dressed up like a giant turtle. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> If you're wondering how we got to the topic of 9-11, episode 51 is all about comedy and really all about Ruben because we want to have him back and hear what's going on with his life. Um, and I know this is a weird segue, but basically post-show we were talking about uh, comedy, absurdity, and basically offensive things, and that led into this random conversation. So that's how we got here. Yeah. We basically decided, decided to hit record like just midway into this uh. conversation. But oh, I like that you're like, if you're wondering how we got to 9-11, here's Ruben. <laughs> like, like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, it explains most of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, no, but I mean, you you texted me and you're like, hey, do you want to come back on the show? And I was like, uh, yeah. Like, this was a blast. I love this show. And so then uh, you were like, yeah, well, we want to talk about comedy and the absurdity in comedy. And I was like, all right, it's going to get weird because there, there are things that, like, some comics can do and you're like, if someone just did that to you, like at work or on the street, you'd be so upset. Uh, sorry, not the things they got legally in trouble for. I mean, things they do on stage. <laughs> and I mean, like, let's be real with the way things are going with a lot of these comics being terrible, horrible people. Like, I'm like three spots away from being the greatest comedian of all time. So, mm, yeah. Who, yeah. What who has you, a clean record? Well, hold on. What do you think about them, like, retconning? everything everything that like louis ck has ever done you I mean, know what i mean like i he's it, with that it's a completely different monster because like people have come out and like like with sarah silverman right she was like hey did it in front of me but he asked so so there's like weird there's weird things right there's weird like well and and then we get into this thing like well he's not cosby but it's like yeah but he's still terrible but yeah, he's still kind of creepy, but yeah. But it, and it's a whole separating art from the it's artist. Definitely right? not. He's definitely not Bill Cosby. Yeah, like for sure. Yeah, like Bill Cosby is like a criminal who is currently in prison. Yeah. Like, did you hear about that? Um, the guy who was he he was on the Cosby Show and he was basically like living on his Cosby royalty checks. And when that whole thing happened and they pulled Cosby, he just like. He just went broke. Like he had That's no so income. Interesting. And then he like they found him like working at Trader Joe's. Oh yeah. And it was like it was like man, that's so sad. That's like I heard so about so that, sad. But I didn't realize that was the the lead in. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, uh, this is what's interesting about the movie recall thing that I'm thinking about in my head. And, you know, it's probably me being extremely insensitive. But as, and I, and I was a kid at the time, right? But part of me is like, okay, 9 11, it's a horrible experience, right? It's mm-hmm. a, something that, you know, is terrible. Yeah. But retconning these movies that didn't know, like, I'm a little lost. So, with so it. I think for me, the thing with like Lilo and Stitch, right? Like it was almost like they were almost done with it, and they they look at it and just go, "If we put this out, this is going to look insensitive." Because even though we wrote this ye- months, if not years, before the instance happened, it still makes us look insensitive that a week after, or two, you know, however long after, a month, however, we have a scene that is oddly reminiscent of this event that we didn't know was happening, right? Like I, I and people wouldn't be like understanding of that. No, like that's what. No, I think people would be like, "You guys are horrible." Disney's a garbage corporate. Like, like people would just be like, "Well, I want to get." I mean, granted, especially nowadays, people like with outrage culture and like cancel culture, people would love that. People would eat that well, up. I, I think sh- either way, it just wouldn't sit well with the audience. Yeah, and and it would have flopped. I guess like, you people have... would have people would have been there and been like geez this is horrible i don't want to watch this this is really not mm-hmm. reminding me of this this r- fun space alien romp it takes this you out is, of the moment. you know yeah mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. when when i was a kid there was a movie called chicken run have you guys heard of yeah, this i've movie? seen it yeah, yeah i've known yeah. chicken run so i was a kid right and i watched this with my dad and my family we were like that was fun i'm like haha chickens in camp ha 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 and my dad walks out of the theater and he looks at my mom and he goes that was the holocaust yeah yeah and i was like what? That's why we were never allowed to watch it when I was a kid. Yeah. We watched it once, and then my mom was like, oh, no, no, no. It's a huge <laughs> Holocaust analogy. Yeah. It's weird. That is weird for a kid's movie. Because yeah. you don't think about it. Because yeah. you're just like, ah, chickens, blah. But it's like, nope. They, like, think they're being freed, and they think all this, this stuff is happening. And it's like, oh, jeez. Like, it's weird. So it's like, if that movie had come out in, like, 1950, yeah, there'd probably be a different response to it. But now, like, if you just look at it, it's They'd just... be really amazed at the animation, though. <laughs> yeah. And Mel Gibson. Being, yeah. <laughs> being a child. Um, but no, I mean, like, that's the thing, is, like, you look at these things and you're like, yeah, down the line, sure. If, if it's not obviously intentional or, like, you know... But there are, there are actually historical analogs to this, um, which is interesting. So, like, do you know the movie The Great Dictator? Oh, um, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite... Um, Chaplin movies ever but it, I mean it's one of my favorite movies just generally but um it's he's parodying Hitler um and everyone so, was like you look like Hitler yeah okay um and and Chaplin I think he, he's Jewish right um I think uh, he is I think he was just I don't know if he was specifically Jewish I think he you well ever, you I ever don't see know. the movie with Robert Downey Jr. like before like before he like was like disgraced it's really good. It's no. called Chaplin. It's like three hours. Oh, okay. But it's Robert Downey Jr. before he like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bef- like years and years before Iron Man. He did this and it just kind of vanished. Yeah. And yeah. then he came back. But Okay. Well, so he, so um, Chaplin makes this re- really biting critique of, of Hitler. Um, and basically at the end, he like, he like looks directly into the camera and makes a speech uh, as Hitler. Um, and yeah. And it's, well, Okay. The, the setup of the movie is that he's mistaken for Hitler. 
So so but he it's plays not both Hitler. It's not Hitler. But he's he plays both the Hitler character and the guy who's like who's like goofy mistaken identity Hitler. Right, right, right. Um which is a great setup. It's really It's funny. actually a really interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. And so he at the end he gets up as the mistaken identity Hitler and he makes a speech about you know uniting the world and and so this was in 1940 right so so it's like the beginning of of world war ii um they had there there'd been like well let's see what um this this was during the time of the the phony war essentially when they were they had declared war on each other but there wasn't really that much fighting right um and so five years later they find out oh the holocaust has been happening oh, this is really terrible. There's so many terrible things happening. And they they had knew, they had known that Hitler was a really bad guy, obviously, but they didn't really know t- to the extent. And so Chaplin, basically, he, he came out and he said, like, if I had known that that the Holocaust was happening, I would not have made this movie. Right. You know, and he, he even makes analogies to, to like, Jewish ghettos um, and... Yeah. And, you know, he's like, that's how he's found is he's in a Jewish ghetto and blah, blah, blah. Um, but but he he really understood the the problem and, you know, what was going on. But he really didn't understand the extent to which it was going. On. Right. Um, and so so what's interesting about that, though, is is that like he say that had that movie had come out in 1945, mm-hmm. you know, right before that, mm-hmm. that all everything came out. Like he probably wouldn't have released that movie. Yeah. Um. Which I think the world would have been a much worse place for. But uh, have you heard about the day the clown cried? No. I believe it's Jerry Lewis. I could be wrong. It's a movie that has never been released. It will get released in like five or six years when the whole blah blah blah. Like, cause I think the guy who made it he died, and this when this whole estate releases it, blah blah. blah. Anyway, mm. it was a movie that was made in around World War Two, and it's about a. This is not a joke. Sounds like a setup. It was about a German clown who would like he wasn't creepy or weird he was just like haha come on kids come with me and he would take jewish kids to like concentration camps jeez yeah and it's not a funny movie it's not like a yeah. comedy it, it it's but like he was like this should never get released he was like it's too it's just too much and like but then again now right something like that because it's been so long we don't, we don't really know what that's like but we can feel that like that would be something interesting to come out today because mm. it's like it's the history of it, right? And it's like, oh, wow. It's, again, not making fun of the situation. It's not, you know. But then at the same time, right, back with comedy, the amount of things that have made fun of Hitler is insane. Yeah. And in, like, back to 9-11, the, if you look at the comedy spike of jokes about Osama bin Laden in 2002, every political thing was like, and Osama bin Laden is an idiot. Osama bin Laden yeah, does this. Osama yeah. bin Laden does that. Like he's he's a big dumb idiot. Um, and the, I would say that that was, um, that was very much a a, a Matt and Trey yeah thing. You yeah. know they they were kind of the pioneers of that type of, um, like really transgressive comedy about oh, yeah about terrible horrible events. I think what. Just to make myself clear, I'm not against like the retconning of those those films and whatnot. Yeah, I just was curious, like, to explore the idea of like, what if they had not? And I think you guys are right when it comes back to a level of outrage and insensitivity, and actually pulling from it. 
pulling mm-hmm. audience members out of the experience yeah. that the people were making. I think that's a really great point. And I'm sure they sat down and like kind of analyzed the opportunity cost of considering leaving stuff in. Well, but when I think too, right, like it almost comes down to like, if you go see a movie, like, let's say that something terrible happens to your family, right? Like your mom just died in a car crash or something. Right. And then you go see a movie that is in no way advertised as like, there's a car crash in this movie. Yeah. And it starts with the mom dying in a car crash. You're not going to get pulled out of it, but you're, immediately gonna feel this emotion uh this immense in like emotion to that like you're instantly gonna like feel something that whether it's on purpose or not takes you out of the movie because you're instantly gonna be thinking about your own experience with that thing yeah um i know we said we weren't going to talk about the morgan hill shooting but there's something i want to talk about on in the same lines of this i was at this event like a candle lighting memorial thing um Mm -hmm. for the community of morgan hill last night uh the church that i'm with they kind of helped put this together to let the community sort of come together and mourn and one of the weirdest things for me to do at that show was play music in between the speaking like basically you know they were like well we can't have it be dead quiet right um and poor choice of words on that but that's fine uh, all right sorry (laughs) Uh, i'm sorry um but they they said like there needs to be some sort of ambient background music right Mm -hmm. and Picking those songs was one of the hardest things that I could have done because I'm thinking to myself, what music do you play at an event like this, Mm. right? And so I chose ambient, like, techno, which is sort of weird, but it was like background coffee shop music. Yeah. And there was a moment where a remix came on that was not the right remix that should have been playing um because i'd like oh you know Tycho's fine like that's i chose that and and everybody put you (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah um luckily that was like 30 minutes before everybody was getting there it was just like that was an intense responsibility that i felt like i was like dude for a moment like this right people are like their mindsets are stuck on what's going on in that like traumatic moment and then I'm like, these people will probably either hate or love Tycho for the rest of the night, depending on how this goes, right? Uh, it was just such a weird position to be put in, and nobody thinks about that stuff, well, you know? I, I think, too, like like what you're saying, like it's like, oh, yeah, that's really traumatic. Or like if something like ridiculous came on, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing, and you'd be all upset. In a first-person perspective... If you saw that in a movie where there's a, that's the thing. You're already laughing because yeah, if you yeah, see yeah. that in a movie where there's a funeral and everyone is very sad, and then like All Star by Smash Mouth comes on, yeah, 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 you're like, and you just see a dude panicking in like the sound booth, like no, 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 no. No, people laughed at me when that remix came on. Yeah, because I was like, oh crap! Like I had to run across like the stage. I was like, this is not. This it was something about like grinding up on someone and I was like this is not the song like there was a guy laughing at me out at the amphitheater in the back and I was like you know it's funny but like yeah it's it's not noticeable until it is right but, but I yeah. think too like that's to me I mean it's there is to me there's there's universal sadness right yeah dog getting hit by a car always gonna be sad like that's never like it, there's nothing you can really do that makes that not sad. Like you can't change the car. You can't change the dog. Like that makes it like funny, but there's things like that, right? Where these awkward situations you get put in where like at the time you're like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And afterwards you're like, so the song came up about grinding while I was exactly. DJing a funeral. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like it, it's the absurdity. And I think that's what makes stand up so great is you get these scenarios where you're like, like, okay, again, 
sadness but finding the the light in it right like my dad uh my dad had cancer he recently just uh got clear of it which is awesome yeah it was awesome but um i would go with him to the cancer ward when he would do his uh chemo and there was a woman who would sit there and play the harp what and i was like that's kind of ominous right that is really (laughs) weird (laughs) like because there was a guy who was playing guitar, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's a guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, the harp lady would come back, and I'm like, you don't get it how ominous. Hey, watch <laughs> your mouth, dude. Cameron's girlfriend is a harp player, right? She, she yeah, she plays harp. Right. But I wouldn't suggest <laughs> that she played harp in, in, the, the, in the cancer, cancer ward. Yeah, <laughs> right? Because it's like, it's like, what instrument do you normally attribute harps to? Or, like, what situation yeah. or whatever? Like, heaven. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, like, my God. So I'm sitting well, there better like, than, like, death metal guitar, you know? Cause I think that'd be fun. Straight yeah. to hell, dude. Yeah, no, but at the same time, right? Like, like I'm like, this lady's sitting there playing the harp, and these people are like, I hope I live through this. And I'm like, well, according to her, you won't. <laughs> oh, so, <man. laughs> like, my dad looks at me because I'm like, what's with the harp lady? He's like, I don't know. She's just making nice music. I'm like, she's being ominous. And I explain it, and he's like... He's like, you couldn't write that. Like, he's like, you couldn't come up with like, oh, funny, funny. Like, yeah, because and that's the thing too, right? Even if I did make that up, it almost wouldn't have that. Like, I'd have to sell it really hard. Like, oh, no, this really happened. Yeah. Whereas this is just like, what? I think this is what I'm learning about comedy because, I mean, we saw or at least Cameron and I saw. I don't know if you saw us. That I love love like the. That movie speaks to the power of comedy mm-hmm. that enhances the next emotion, yep. which is fear, right? Yep. And what I'm noticing about comedy is that it enhances my own emotion in my own life, whether it's like comedy and then, you know, sadness yep. or comedy and then fear, right? That I mean, that makes sense. Or like there's there's a level of humor behind everything that goes on mm-hmm. in the world, you know? Well, I mean, like, that's, that's a basic equation of comedy right it's tragedy plus time equals comedy like, yeah no totally and that's why i think and when i invite you on the show i, I kind of pose this question what is the deal with modern with comedy? airplane food no. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and i mean i was kind of hinting at that earlier right is there's universal sadness but there i don't believe i genuinely do not believe that there's universal comedy mm. yeah like i was thinking about the other day i'm like what is something that everybody finds funny it's definitely nothing political Especially yeah. now with politics. Like, no. I'll go see a show and someone be like, uh, my jokes are the best. And I'm like, okay, a Trump joke? Like, but to me, it's almost not like Trump jokes aren't even funny anymore because it's too real at this point. Like, it's almost like not funny anymore because it's just like with all the stuff that's going on, it's like just talking about politics or getting involved in politics exhausts people. Like, yeah. Like, no. they don't want to do like with George Bush, it was fine because George Bush would look at a joke and go, eh, it's pretty funny. Like, yeah, I get it. That That's well, fine. And then he would like, it would be like, well, I mean, I, I guess I was a kid, so I mm. don't really know. But um, it, w- it wasn't like George Bush was on the TV all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't like he wasn't a constant presence. Well, well, I feel like every president that we've had while I've been alive has been like, look, they're going to make fun of me. And that's a thing. And now our current president is like, they're garbage and they should be canceled and everything they do is trash. And it's like you could just ignore it. You could literally just ignore it or just play to it like everyone else. Everyone else has just said, eh, whatever. Yeah, that's literally their job is to make fun of any situation that is happening. That's a comedian. That's SNL. That's TV. They're, they're literally picking on the world. That's their point. I do love uh, Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer, though. It's oh, she's so hysterical. Good. So good. Like, she's, yeah, she, her she physical so comedy funny. is incredible. But yeah. that, that's, that's the thing, though, right? So even like something like physical comedy, like 
look at America's Funniest Home Videos, right? Oh, Grandpa's doing yard work, and then he got he stepped on a rake and it hit him in the testicles. Like I, I went real dark real fast. There. <laughs> Grandpa's doing yard work, and he got eaten up by the lawnmower. Aww. And they're like, "Sorry, not the video we meant to show on America's Funniest Home Videos." And then they just kind of. I shrug. would just love if there was an episode of America's Home. It's all funny snuff videos. films. No, Aww. it's just like it's like they 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 say ah like look at this situation with yard work, but then it just becomes like extremely graphic, <laughs> and, and the, the guy who's hosting the show is just like. Uh, like after okay next section about pools and then it's just <laughs> still graphic it's just, it's just like a, a man in a just pool. mortal combat just mortal combat <laughs> yeah. fatalities the whole time no but so that's the thing is i mean like everything like th- there's no there's i don't think you can get a hundred people in a room and show them something and i think you could show them something and they're gonna go yeah that's sad but i don't think you can show them something and, and they'll all go oh that's funny Right. Because there's there's this weird line of it, right? Where, like, to me, walking in and just being, like, being offensive, that's not funny to me. I mm-hmm. think there there are jokes that are offensive that can be funny. But the punch of just, like, walking up to someone just going, uh, the Holocaust, right? Like, it's like, uh, what about it? Like, what? But I've seen plenty of jokes where that's a punch or there, there's – where it's not a punch, but there's – it's there and it's kind of a setup. It's really as simple as like thinking about the friends that you have, right? Right. Mm-hmm. When I'm with Cameron, I usually lean into political jokes because I know Cameron follows politics, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I'm with my friend Bob, he's into video games. We just make a bunch of meme jokes the yeah. whole time about the internet. And it's like, oh, haha, gaming culture, haha. And it's like, I can't make those same jokes around Cameron, not because I don't think he'll get them, but I just know he won't mm-hmm. chuckle as hard, right? Well, and that's like for me, like when I get on, st- like I don't do politic jokes because I don't care. Like, like I'm not going to get him and be like, oh, the president's pretty bad, right? And everyone's going to go, yep. And I'm going to go, all right, good chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Good job, Ruben. <laughs> you you are you running for president thing. next? Because I think you should. <laughs> Orange man, bad. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Walls, bad. Grab them, right? Like, uh, like we get it. We get that he said dumb things. We get. That. I can't. I can't get off this tangent. But like, and that's like for me. It's like be like, oh, who are you gonna vote for next? I'm like, who can take a joke? Like, mm, who's yeah. fun to make fun of? Um, and that isn't a terrible person. None of them. Uh, Yang be- Gang. <laughs> what is that? I'm old. Andrew Yang. Yeah, Wait. he's this guy. All right. Um, he could take a joke. Universal income. Yeah, I don't like that though. <laughs> Uh, Ruben's fine with it. He's a comedian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. Uh, <laughs> but so like, so my whole thing is like, I, I, it's very difficult, right? Because like there are some comedians like Louis CK, right? Who can get away with saying the N word on stage. He is. And, and numerous other terrible things. Yeah. Words that I would never, yeah. ever say on the yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. Even if I was as big as that, I would never say those words because like that doesn't fit my comedy. Right. Right. And he's he has a really special way, I think, of like making women uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> definitely. See, but um, that's the thing: is I'll make Louis C.K. jokes on stage. Like I will talk mm, about current events. Yeah. Like, but yeah. But but he he has a special way of like when he says something that you know is like gonna be mischievous. He like he like kind of looks around and he like gives a smirk and he's like, I'm gonna say something terrible. But you like, know? and now too. But even with his politics, it's like. Oh, that's not really funny anymore now because it's like now it sounds like he's just a garbage person. Like with this whole like uh, snowflakes, it's like, oh, you're one of those who like thinks snowflakes is an actual insult. Like, yeah, I I mean, he he's an interesting 
character too because you know whatever you think about him like he actually is a a very talented comedian like he's He's very, very funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, this uh, like I hated when the stuff about Cosby came out because he was mm, he was yeah. a legitimate inspiration. I went great. Right. Right. Awesome. Exactly. Like because yeah. for me, Cosby's a storyteller. Do you ever make Cosby jokes? Uh, used to. Mm. I mean, that's the thing is once it, when it goes out of style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like sure. I only made a Louis joke the other night at a show. Uh, because I do this whole bit, like I did this, I talked about this last time on the show. I go, oh, I look like a uh, celebrity. I get this all the time. Oh, you guys ever get told you like a celebrity? Like, who do you look like? And this one guy just goes, Louis C.K. And I just pause and I go, ooh. Yeah. And the crowd loved it. And I was like, hey, those, uh, those doors are unlocked, right? <laughs> <laughs> and people, and like the bartender's like, yeah, like, we're good. I go, you comedian boss? And he goes, yeah. And I go, oh boy. <laughs> I go, you up next? He goes, yeah. I go, shield your eyes guys <laughs> <laughs> but so i mean that's the thing is like you i think you can make jokes about things that are relevant and like but for some i mean there are obviously are people in there to be like that's not funny you know that, that you know that's not funny because sure, someone sure. i know has well well that, i mean that's that's the case with everything though but yeah i think one of the i mean so for me comedy actually has like like a utilitarian value other than just it being good and funny yeah. you know like other than it just existing i think i think c- comedy for me is a way of um of almost like it's like a pressure valve mm-hmm. and it lets out a certain amount of pain yes. through laughter and and in that you can you can better understand your own like a um, like your own emotional reaction towards something and then and then come through that and and like like be better on the other side oh, of yeah. it. And so like for me, and I started to realize this, I mean, probably a few years back, but I started to make every now and then I would just drop in a joke about how I don't have a dad. And <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you not actually have a dad? Well, yeah, my dad, my dad left when I was, when I was a young kid. Um, oh, okay. But, but I mean, I've got a stepdad and he's, he's great. He's, yeah. he's essentially my dad. So, you know, it's not, I mean, it was something that I, that I, went through when I was, when I was growing up and whatnot. But, Mm -hmm. but like I would just drop in and I would, I would test it too. I would see who it made uncomfortable and who it, um, who it made laugh. Mm -hmm. And so like, and so I would just drop in something in a conversation specifically because I, I think, I think one of the, one of the interesting things about those jokes, right? Obviously, the joke is is kind of on me. It's a that I don't have a dad, and b that I'm a terrible person for joking about that. Yeah. And so, so like, there's no harm in me making someone else really uncomfortable because of that. Yeah. You know. So, so it's like, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this here, and if you get really uncomfortable and walk away, <laughs> like that's a you thing. But if you laugh with me, then then I know that we can we can oh, yeah. joke about some some messed up stuff. You well, know, like well, and I think too, we all find humor in what's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like whether it's like especially when it's us, like there are so many times where I've just like been at the cancer ward with my dad or something and like something happens and I'm just like what yeah yeah like one time I, I was there with him and he's like hey you want to go get like lunch i'm like yeah i'll eat it downstairs so i don't like eat it up here or whatever he's like okay and i went downstairs to this little cafeteria and i'm sitting there at a four-person table by myself okay well it's maybe like a six person but there, it's a very small cafeteria there's multiple open tables and i'm kind of up against a wall like in a corner just on my phone you know eat my little sandwich 
and this family sits down like at the table with me like I'm a part of their family. And there's a mom and like an aunt and there's like a kid in between them across from me. And then next to me is a grandma and two little children and they do not speak English and they're not acknowledging me. And I'm just sitting there. And at the time I had a pretty solid mustache and I'm just sitting there and I'm like looking at them and I'm like looking back at my phone and they keep looking at me and saying things thinking that I don't really understand Spanish. (laughs) And like, I'm getting basic words. Like, like they're weirded out that I'm still here. Like, like they were not like, how come he didn't leave? And I'm like, why would I leave? (laughs) I'm sitting here. I got here first. Then at one point, like I'm sitting there eating my sandwich. and I look down at this little kid next to me. Who's just looking up at me with these big eyes. Then the grandma notices that we're looking at each other and like tries to casually, but it's the least subtle thing I've ever seen. Puts her arm around him and scoots him closer to her. (laughs) Oh my God. And I'm like, you sat here. (laughs) This danger that you think you this child is in, you put them there. Like all of these other tables are open, but that's the thing, right? Is I went back upstairs and I was like, "Hey, Dad, so this just happened." And he was like, "You didn't make that up." I was like, "I wish I made that up." <laughs> like I, I, I wish that like an older woman being like uncomfortable by me just trying to eat my sandwich piece while my dad is getting chemotherapy was like something I made to to like you know comfort myself no it was a legitimate situation i think what makes you know these stories that you tell and this is the content basically of your comedy so awesome is that you're right comedy isn't universal but Mm. life is universal right and and i think the hardest thing about deciding what you're going to talk about in a comedy stand-up thing is how do you talk about something that is the highest likelihood that most other people have like experienced something similar or can put yourself in or put their themselves in your shoes right for that experience it's 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 all about relatability yeah and the unit like the conversation about universality whatever i'm saying that interests me so much because for someone like you who has to do a show Mm -hmm. like that's probably the safe you're always trying to crack yeah um I so I did I did a show a couple weeks ago, and every time I go, oh, what club do you look like? And I make some joke about the person looking like they'll be like, oh, Meryl Streep. I'll be like, what up? Like I'll just I'll like do some stupid joke based on who they were say they look like. One time I did a show, and this and normally when I go there and I know I'm gonna do the Templeton bit, I'm like, okay, I need to find someone in the crowd that I know I'm gonna play to. Like during that scene, like I'm right. gonna make a reference to them looking like a celebrity before they do. So I go do the show, and this guy, and he noticed me, walked in, and I went, that's Vice President Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> so he walked in, and I'm doing, and then I'm like, okay, he's still here. He didn't leave. Cool. I get up, and I go, you guys ever been told you look like a celebrity? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then nobody says anything. I go, really? What about you, Dick Cheney? <laughs> and literally the entire room just goes, oh. And I was like, really? Yeah. That's what yeah. you got? Like, I looked around, I'm like whatever you guys will be on my side in a second and then i just kept going because my girlfriend was like you're kind of mean to your audience i go yeah but it's not like a, it's not like an actual mean i'm like i'm having fun with them and every yeah. time i every time i pick on someone on stage i always go up to them after hey man thanks for being cool apologize if i if i you know upset you i've never had someone be like i hate you like <laughs> anybody can't wait for out. that story <laughs> oh i trust me i have a few similar stories that i don't think you're gonna want to hear but uh <laughs> What did you tweet the other day? I won a roast battle oh. against a Marine or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I got, I've been involved. A veteran? In, yeah. I've, um, <laughs> jeez. 
So this is, again, this is like weird, like, it's funny in the absurdity of it, right, is I've been doing these roast battles in Union City uh, with this guy, Art, and I love him, he, he's amazing, he runs these really fun roast battles. So the first time I did a roast battle was against my buddy, Zach, and Zach is Jewish. So I was like, okay, so I just, you know, I harped on that a little bit, uh, and then Zach wanted to do it, and then Artur hit me up again, he was like, hey, do you want to do a second one? I was like, yeah, man, I had so much fun. He's like, yeah, you were, your stuff was really well written, and, and I was like, oh, yeah, I appreciate that. He goes, yeah, yeah. So he... he you know, hooks me up with this guy, and it's, so it's me and him. And I go, hey, what do you do for work? And he goes, I work one-on-one with special needs kids. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Not really a lot of jokes there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So and then I do that. And then the third one, Arturo hooks me up with this other guy. And I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And he is a Marine veteran. And I just message in the same group that, like, with this guy in Arturo, I'm like, hey, Art. Uh, so first battle, Jewish guy. Second battle, special needs. Now a Marine veteran. Like, do you think I'm a terrible person or like, <laughs> like I'm Did like, it go well? I won the second. I won the, against the veteran, which is like not awesome. I texted my girlfriend. I was like, guess who won? She was like, you did. And then she just texts back, I'm proud of you for beating a veteran. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't doesn't feel great to a, beat a veteran in a roast battle oh. but like it, it's fun right and that's the thing is i always have fun with it i never like i never go after insecurities or, or anything that's like i never i'm like yeah well, you're you're dumb but your family's even dumber look at your that's what cameron does <laughs> 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 but, you, but you know what i mean like i don't go after someone that isn't there to protect themselves or go after or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or to fight back essentially and and so for me I love roasting because it's so much fun. And if you can't laugh at yourself, what's the point? Have you um, have you watched any of the historical roasts on Netflix? No, I know a guy who wrote on it, though, mm, but I haven't yeah. watched it yet. So I thought, so I watched two of them, mm-hmm. and the first one I thought was really was pretty funny and pretty spicy. And the second one I thought was boring, but the the one that I thought was good, and I I don't want to like go into why it was bad or whatever, but um. Or why I just didn't get into it, but um, the the one that I thought was pretty funny, um, and I did come in halfway through, so I don't know if it was like not so funny before, um, was the historical roast of Anne Frank. Ooh, boy, um, yeah, boy, yeah. And Gilbert Gottfried was Hitler. Yeah, was I was like, yeah. I knew Gilbert Gottfried was on that. I was like, yeah, wasn't he Hitler? Which was which was really funny. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and yeah, no, it it was it was. I think what made it funny was um, everybody kind of was in on the fact that that Gilbert Gottfried as Hitler is just absurd. Like, it's just so, so out there and amazing that, like, anything that he says, basically, is is hilarious. So they gave him, they gave him, like, some, like, like, he wasn't as hard as he could have been you know i'm sure he he could have like gone gone a lot more um but there was a couple lines that i was like oh geez you know it was like it was so good well that i mean that's the thing too like like there's a joke in just casting hitler exactly exactly like have you guys ever seen junk history no so it's it's this comedy central thing it was a youtube thing i picked up by comedy central where they get people super drunk and then they have to recall historical events Mm -hmm. but like they've researched them so their information's pretty good but they're just sloshed And multiple times, there are stories that include Hitler, and Weird Al Yankovic is playing Hitler. Oh. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Which is just like it's funny. It's funny in the fact that that's Weird Al Yankovic, who's considered one of the nicest guys in yeah, the music exactly. industry, and you've got him playing Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he—it's not his voice. It's always like there's the actors are never speaking. It's always the drunk person. Right. And right. Just, you know, they're dubbed over or whatever. <laughs> But like, say, that's does he have like the long hair? And no, stuff it's too? all him. He looks like Hitler. Oh, okay. They've like put it all up and they've put it in a wig and whatever. But so it's but it's that thing of just like, it's the absurdity of the actor. Yeah, and the absurdity yeah. of the character. And I mean, at this point, like Hitler is one hundred percent a punchline. But at the same time, or he can be. He can yeah. be. I think I think you still have to do some work to, for it, though. No, you know yeah. what I mean? Like like you can't just make like you were saying. You can't just be offensive and make a mm. joke about Hitler. Because part of it is because it's easy, you yeah. know, and I and I actually I actually think that what's interesting about what you said um, about things that are universally sad, it's possible that that those things maybe the s- more s- universally sad they get, um, and then the longer the longer we are from that, the more easily we're all able to rally around that and and make jokes about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like I think I think jokes about about Hitler are universally accepted as pretty funny because because Hitler was a terrible person. Yeah, you garbage. know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so like so like you can't like when you when you when you make a joke about that, it almost mm. has to be a really good joke yeah, in order for funny. it to be funny. You know, I mean, one of the things that that I really enjoyed about the roast um, was at the end. Um, you know, they're they're like introducing all the people, all the all the actors who played the characters, and and so then the the host is like is like and Gilbert Gottfried as himself. <laughs> <laughs> which see that that's funny which is a good joke you know there's a there's a i believe it's german or some some european there's a movie and it's called either look who's back or guess who's back i know which movie you're talking about and it's about it's set in like 2015 or it's it's set in like fairly recent times very oh weird. yeah very weird movie. and hitler's back yeah yeah like he yeah. just comes back like and they don't know how or he's just like and he it's really funny like it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. It's, it's really so weird. weird. It's almost from like a mockumentary. He's walking around modern times, very confused, right? Yeah, yeah. And then like at one point, there's like a, there's like a dog barking, and like the guy who's like he's like staying was like, hey, can you go take care of the dog? And he's like, yeah, okay. And he like walks aside, you just hear like, shoots the dog, and he just like brings him the dog. Um, but that's the thing. It's like it's the absurdity of it, yeah, right? It's yeah. the, the the bizarreness of it of like somebody in like just somebody crazy like that. Like there's there was an old Who Signs It Anyway, where it was one of the, I love that show. Uh, that so show's good. great. It was they were doing like this, like haha, it's an old TV show, and we're gonna do the theme song and make the theme song up right now, and then we're gonna act out like the theme. And someone in the audience calls. They're like, we need two people that would. Be unlikely roommates and somebody goes bill cosby and hitler <laughs> and literally the producer comes on stage and is like you can't do bill cosby and hitler like he tells you he's like you can't do that and at the time it's like oh because of hitler and now you're like both oh both of them bill cosby. <laughs> yeah right where it's almost like now you can just say hitler in a movie and be like hey quit being hitler 
And like that'll get a, a easy basic laugh, right? But like Bill Cosby, it's like, oh, that man is like obviously they're both garbage. Yeah. But, it, but it's like. But eventually that will turn into into a punchline. Oh yeah. Like eventually it will be. Is it not already a punchline? Be it's already a punchline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's already pretty, especially as a comic. It's pretty easy to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are you drinking? <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's switch gears a little bit because I feel okay. like we're kind of we've shaped this thesis around universal comedy how it doesn't exist how you get there i wanted to like kind of tap into like if there's universal sadness how do you use that in comedy Mm -hmm. but relatability yeah i think we got there already yeah um ruben i want to know what's going on with you because we haven't had you on for about six months seven months been that long it's been a little while because you were episode 20 and we were already at episode 51 so it's been actually probably longer than that that's crazy so um How's comedy going for you? Dude, it's going good. It's very it's very weird because I bet if I went back and listened, I'd be like, what an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, like what a little more. Are you more. still doing the Templeton bit? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? That's a good one. That's you know, a killer. You, you know what's funny? Is where's that, Cameron's check? Yeah, where's my royalties <laughs> now? <laughs> well, it's so funny, too, because like, I think I said that the first time I was on, but I'll, I do the Templeton bit, and when I do it, I say it was a stranger, and I give him this voice that's just so non-like... <laughs> You don't know what this person is, but at the same time, you can imagine this person. Is it like... It's a very loud... I'm just like, hey, you know who you look like? Like it's like <laughs> That's so, what Cameron sounds like in your head? Yeah. Well, because I don't say that it's... Oh, it's a, it's one of my friends. Like, yeah. I make it a stranger. I make right, it... Right, But that's the relatability of it is a stranger approaching you and telling you something you really don't want to hear. I lo- <laughs> Dude, I love stranger interactions. Yeah. They're the best for comedy. And uh, this is just a tangent. No, you're fine. Every time I run into a stranger, I'm like, is this a Grand Theft Auto mission? <laughs> like, just a random... <laughs> like, they always come up and ask the weirdest stuff. They're like, hey, can you help me? Yeah, yeah. like... Hey, <laughs> there was this one guy I ran into who didn't speak English at all. And we spent five minutes trying to figure out how to... I, like, I was just trying to help him. Yeah. And he was like trying to get directions to some area and I would talk to him in a full sentence and he'd look at me like I didn't say anything. So then I started to try to come up with this like sign language thing and I was like, the, the number of the address, like the number. And he's like looking at me, shaking his head. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm trying to like draw numbers for him. <laughs> like, to, And I was like, this is just so obscure. And my favorite stranger interactions is when someone like cusses you out or like does something really weird. Like, oh, 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 oh. Uh, I know I probably mentioned this on the show, but there was this crazy homeless guy that I ran into uh, in L.A. Like, something about homeless people in L.A. They're on a whole nother level. I guess they're all on crack or something. But they turn extremely quick. Like, yeah. like horror people. And I felt like I was doing a stand-up bit when I was telling some people that I didn't really know too much about it later. They were dying laughing because we were walking out, right? of this restaurant and Juliana's kind of scared of people most of the time. That's my girlfriend. And it's me. me my too. F- Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, uh, I'm not your girlfriend. I'm just yes. scared of people all the time. I mean, you can keep saying that, but <laughs> Daniel, uh, it's really, you guys have been holding hands this whole time <laughs> and feet. Yeah. So, and you're uh, not wearing pants. Neither. Are well, you. that makes three of us <laughs> besides the point. We walk outside of this restaurant and we're obviously full. I'm like, man, I've eaten so much to eat. There's this homeless guy, no shirt, walks by us. And we turn our backs to him. Suddenly, right behind my ear, I hear, ah, you kids looking something to eat. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I turn around. But what's even funnier is that Juliana screams out <laughs> loud and jumps in front of me and runs away. And this, this guy's just yelling at us. And it was so weird. 
And I was just like, strangers are weird, dude. When they yell yeah. at you, it gets really... Uh, at first, you're like, am I going to die? But <clears> then it always turns into something pretty funny. I was once at the light rail, and I was walking, and there was a guy walking past me. And he, I'm just, you know, minding my own business. And he looks at me and goes, what's up? And then he uses a racial slur that applies to himself and not to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like... Hi, <laughs> like I didn't know how to like. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I like asked my friend uh, who was of the same racial denomination. I was like, "Hey, what should I have said to that?" And he's like, he just looks at me, and goes, "Nothing." <laughs> he goes, but, 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 "You just keep walking." I was like, "I said hi," and he was like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> and I was like, "I just, I don't, I'm not gonna say that." Like, but that's the thing, right? It's just like. It's that weird, like, interaction, like you're saying. You're just like, I have no idea what to do in this moment. Right, mm. right. Mm. No, but, I mean, for me, comedy's been... It's just been weird, man. Like, ever since, like... I was on the show last night. I didn't have my own show. I have my own show now. I I, I get... You know, I do maybe two... I try and do one or two shows a week, which this is, is fun. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Is like, as... From the last time we had you on the show, talking about leaning into your passion, doing this as, like, almost full-time, right? Yeah. Every every single week, I see posts about shows you're doing. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, I mean, it's it's funny too because now I do things that like actually challenge my comedy, like with the Templeton bit, right? Like it's good, but it's better if I have the mustache. Right. So then I mm. shave, and like I have like someone came up to me, he's like, "Do you feel like it, the bit doesn't land as much when you don't have the facial hair?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like I didn't <laughs> even think about it. I was like, "Yeah, it totally doesn't." So then I shaved to like challenge myself. Like I can't like next show. I don't know where my next show is. Like it's middle early july uh but i can't do the templeton bit because i don't have the facial hair yet like so it's like if i have the facial hair by that time yeah sure technically when the audience hears this you have a show tomorrow i have a show tomorrow uh i run pick your poison comedy out of santa clara valley brewing it's a monthly show it's second tuesday of every month it is what we like to call the weirdest show in the south bay uh it's really fun so essentially what i do is i book five uh five comedians from the bay we're all amazing uh, I you know I make sure they're all good, and a lot of them are club comics or touring or whatever, uh, and they all get there and then random orders decided, and each comedian does two sets. The first set is completely improvised. Uh, I write six uh, no I write five envelopes, uh, six topics in each, put them on stage. Comedian walks up on stage, they ask the audience which envelope they should pick, they pick that envelope up. Whatever is in that envelope is what they do jokes about. That's and tough. It's and you know what's funny is I love to watch people succeed, but man, is it so much fun to watch people fail? Oh, because they play it—they play it so well. They're just like, whatever. This makes no sense. I don't care. Like I had a guy who came on, and every single topic. This will play well for audio. Every single topic, he would stop, and I was on the side, like doing the time, and just give me this death stare, and like, what does this mean? And like, and then just try and like make jokes about it. But you get all sorts of just weird and bizarre things. Uh, like one of the first shows we ever did. One of the comedians was like, so is it going to be things like middle school or like my mom? And I'm like, no. <laughs> What's it going to be? Like a they, grape? No, even weirder. Uh, Come on, give us give us uh, a few. Red Lobster restraining order. <laughs> oh, that's good, though. That's, <laughs> that's something to work with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's what I try and do is like, it's not, yeah. It's not just like the color orange. Like, do you, it, Wait, do they know like, is this your show? Yes, this is a show I run. Dude. That's awesome. Where's it at again? Santa Clara Valley Brewing, uh, July 9th. Is the July. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's, that's the July show. It's tomorrow. And we do it in rounds. So so oh, so anyway, so five comedians, they do the envelopes, and the audience chooses who they liked the best. 
Uh, and then everyone comes back out and does their type five, their best five minutes. But the winner headlines, they do 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and then, yeah, and the show's called Pick Your Poison. I'm sure I said that. But yes, it's Pick Your Poison. Uh, and then what we do, so for the first five shows, so tomorrow, oh no, t- well, yeah, today, tomorrow when you're listening to this, July 9th, will be our fifth show. And then the sixth show is all five previous winners. But there's actually going to be six winners because show number three had a tie. And it wasn't like a, oh, I guess it's a tie. It was like both guys who came in first got 19 votes and second place technically got like less than five. Mm, So it was like this is a clear winner here. Um, So we're doing six. Uh, So, But, yeah, it's all the previous winners and then that person will be the champion. I don't know what our schedule's like in the next weeks, Cameron. Are you around on the ninth? Uh, no, I'm gonna be gone. Oh, unfortunately, <laughs> I would like to come see that. We would. We should go. Does the audience know what the card says? Uh, yes. So, okay. wh- so what it is is they open up the envelope and then they show as they're saying it. They kind of show you the card and they're like, "Great." Yeah. Got like it, got it. I had one. One of my buddies, Joe, did the show. And I mean, he breezed through his envelope. He just boom, boom, boom. He had like three and a half minutes left. And he had one topic left. I'm like, what is he going to do? Like, and he flips around the, la- uh, the last topic. And Joe is this big, tall, lanky dude from, uh, where's he from? He's from like Boston, I think, or from that area, you know? And he just goes, turns around and goes, I am not allowed in Los Gatos anymore. <laughs> and he does three and a half minutes on not being allowed in Los Gatos. And it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like, uh, he just goes, you know why they call it, uh, you know, it's funny about Los Gatos is it's called Los Gatos, but there's two things you don't see in Los Gatos, uh, cats and Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I mean, he just crushed it. And it was so funny because I was so worried. I'm like, because some people just go boom, 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 boom. And they're like, how much time I got left? And I'm like, four minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And they're like, all right, let's do it. And they'll, they'll cycle back through. There's some people that look at it and go, okay, we'll come back to this one. Okay, we'll come back to this one. There's one guy who did it, and he did the show, and every topic he literally, he'd look at it, he'd show the audience, he'd do it, and as he's doing his bits, he would crumple it up and just throw it in just any random direction. <laughs> That's the, it, like, there's a there's a method to it, and there's a science behind it, of, mm. like, just little physical comedy bits and, like, having fun with it, but. Yeah, Cameron, we should go to the show sometime. It's $10 online and then 15 at the door. That's okay. Yeah. I'm we'll, just, we'll pay. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we'll pay. <laughs> Actually... We'll pay if you plug our show when we go. <laughs> okay. We yeah. even, you know what's funny is we might even have a Pick Your Poison podcast. We recorded a pilot for it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, oh, that's so, a good idea. So it's it's just, it's the green room essentially. It's just comedians sitting down and being like, we're doing what now? Like just talking. Mm. This is what's weird because Cameron and I, when we were doing some rework stuff with the podcast during mm. our two week break, we had an option to put down tags and there was one about like funny podcast. And... We're sitting there literally just thinking, I don't know if our show's funny. Is it funny? <laughs> I uh, Like, we're, like, just lost for words. But that's the thing, right? It's, it's like, like lukewarm is what I would lukewarm. say. Well, people ask me, though, oh, is your podcast funny or a comedian? Is your podcast funny? And I'm like, kind of. Podcast comedy is weird. Yeah, like, it's never stuff I could do on stage. It's hard to be funny on a podcast, I think. Yeah, but... Well, I mean, you're definitely not, so... Yeah, I know. But I think that like it depends on the context, right? Like if you're if your whole thing is like making jokes about something, like if you're like a podcast who like, oh, we research the history of different foods, and you're just making fun of them the whole time. Like one person is kind of reading the information, but the other person's just making fun of it the whole time. Yeah, that could be funny. I think like, that's why some of our history-based episodes are fun. 
Yeah. When we're making about how making fun of uh, presidents got assassinated, you know. Yeah. What a chuckle. Yeah, it is a chuckle. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> the CIA is like, what did he just say? <laughs> what did he just say? Watch this guy. What about the third one who talked about 9-11 and, and that one movie with Danny Carvey? No, that guy's an idiot. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> So what's the future for you, Ruben? You still doing the same thing? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, plugging along. I'm having fun. I do a lot of shows. I did a show in Hollister, which was so much fun. I do shows all over the Bay Area, which is cool. I I like to now say I've done shows in Pleasanton and Hollister and San Jose and San Francisco, Mountain View. Like, it's it's fun to just be like, yeah. What's a big gig that you've done? And it doesn't have to be a huge number. The big gig? I opened for Jermaine Fowler, which was pretty cool. Jermaine Fowler, uh, he's on, he was on the show Superior Donuts on CBS. He was in, oh man, he was just, he was in Sorry to Bother You. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I hanging out with him was cool because uh, after the show he was like, hey man, do you want to get a drink? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so we like hung out, he hung out with me and my girlfriend and my best friend. We were just, it was like he'd known us for years. Yeah. Like he just instantly fell into our group and people were trying to talk to him. And he was like, oh yeah, like just hanging out with my butts. <laughs> and he was like, yeah man, if you're ever in LA, hit me up. And I was like, okay, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's all about those connections, right? It's all about being a cool person and just being chill and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what's weird is because Jules is doing music stuff and she's starting to meet more and more people who have worked with certain people or run into musicians who like she never really would have thought she'd run into. And she has not, when when we first started dating, I was like, you need to learn how to be chill around people (laughs) who are like, have just a little bit of clout because they're people. Yeah, they are people like. I don't know that I know it's weird to say that you should be courteous and respectful to people who are like more famous. Uh, Like I hear these stories on different podcasts about people who have more clout and they are like, well, I'm sitting and eating lunch and people just barge in and like, give me a picture. I'm like, if you do that as a fan, they're never going to remember. There was one there. Someone was talking on Joe Rogan. And he was like, "Yeah, the worst." I think it might have been like Will Smith or something. I what? don't know. It was somebody. It was somebody I think like Will Smith was on Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, he was. Was uh, he really? That's hot. Yeah. Um, maybe it was Jamie Fox. I it was someone. It was someone like big. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, the weirdest one was um, I I went to the bathroom. And oh, that's guy, Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah, it, was, it Kevin was Kevin. Hart, it yeah. was Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, he was like, I went to the bathroom and, um, this guy followed me in and he was like, Oh, Hey, can I get a picture? And I was like, yeah, man. But just like <laughs> after I go to the bathroom <laughs> and then, and then he just like stood there in the bathroom as Kevin Hart was, <laughs> was taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing is, is like, it's funny though now too, like having this kind of like, I don't, I'm no, I'm nobody. But having this clout too, like I've shown up at shows and like someone come up to me like, are you the pick your poison guy? Mm. As like, like other comedians because they want to get booked or whatever. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah right, that's right. me. And then like people like see me as like, oh, I got to do good in front of him. So maybe he'll book me. And I'm just like, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> like I'm just a yeah. dumb little moron who's like, oh, like this, this made me go haha. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, and, and so it's. I mean, that's definitely how I see you. So. Yeah. And this made me go haha. Uh, <laughs> But it was like one time I was doing a show and I was having a pretty good night and I was like, okay. And sometimes I'll do multiple shows in a night because that, that to me is so much fun and to like rush around and do all these different shows. 
So I did one show, and then I was like, okay, that was pretty good. And then I did another show, and I crushed. And I was like, and this other room I did, it was like, it's like hard to crush her. It's a dive bar. And I was like, I can't believe I crushed that show. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I do, you know, if I try, if I do the same, uh, if I do multiple shows the same night, it's going to be the exact same bits because it's easy. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. boom, boom, boom. And so I go and do this other show, and I'm walking out, and I'm leaving, and this guy goes, hey, man, I've been following you for weeks. Like, your stuff's really funny. And I go, hey, thank you. I appreciate that. And he goes, yeah, man, yeah. You're the guy who has a joke about pooping his pants at work, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I did that joke maybe once. And that's the one he Ooh, remembers? That's the one he remembers. I was, like, I was just like, yeah, that's me. Hey, pick your poison, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's not. So, I mean, that's the fun of it, of like, like being recognized. It's so weird. Yeah, I, it, this is the best thing about the podcast is that since we don't do video, no one will ever recognize us. Yeah. Unless you know us personally. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that, that's... That's a, the way Cameron prefers it. Definitely. Yeah, shadow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why not? Like, I think the best level of fame, and I'm just going to be honest with everyone, the best level of fame you can achieve is the fame where you can still go to a Safeway and no one will recognize you while you're shopping. Yeah. The only people that recognize you really, really like you mm-hmm. and are hopefully Joe. That's like yep. the, the yep. best level of fame you can achieve. But I, but I think too, right? Like somebody like like Brad Pitt, right? Could go to like Omaha, Nebraska, and like could go to a Safeway and just shop, and no one would be like, "That's Brad Pitt." No, no. I think people would no would Here's recognize thing, him. What I mean though is like I don't think people would recognize him. I think people would be like, "Hey, you know, you really look like Brad Pitt, right?" Like because this is Omaha, yeah. Nebraska, and you're at a Safeway. So he's you're like, saying I don't know what you're talking about. So you're saying if. <laughs> If Brad Pitt has to go shopping, he's got to take a personal jet out to <laughs> Omaha to go to Safeway. No, no he just sends someone to go shopping for Brad oh, Pitt. Yeah, you know, Brad, like, Brad Pitt hasn't been to a grocery store in 30 I years. I would love but... to see Brad Pitt's grocery store shopper wearing a shirt that says that on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Brad, Brad Pitt's grocery store shopper? Yeah. I hope they wear, like, police glasses indoors and push people over while trying to get groceries. Hi, my name is Brad Pitt's personal shopper. <laughs> they probably, like, just look like a normal person. Like, like they probably... Do you, yeah. think, do you think if you were in L.A., like, imagine you were in L.A. and you could... You, you, you really wanted to get out of, like, line... At, at Safeway or Vons, I guess. Um, Freaking Vons, Vons, Vons. You're like, B tier. You're, you're like, okay, quick. I'm pick a celebrity. I'm their personal shopper, and I have to get back right now. <laughs> yeah, but I think you do that, and like six other people will be like, yeah, so am I, dude. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. LA's gross, man. Yeah. I when I whenever I go there, it's just such a rat race. It's yeah. so weird. People are like, are you going to move down to L.A. for your comedy? Oh, man. And you'd be like, dude, I'm already a rat. <laughs> yeah, I'm already. <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm the pizza rat from New York. That's me. Um, <laughs> no, but I, uh, I'm i like, no. I have, like, New York would be dope, but at the same time, like, I have no. What's Where's the bigger comedy scene? New York or, or L.A.? It depends. It depends, like, what kind of comedy you're looking at. It's probably L.A., it. isn't it? Well, Like L- Netflix specials, like that L.A. Stuff. is, like, it's weird because L.A. is, like. TV comedy? TV, yeah. yeah, I mean that's the best way to put it. LA's yep, TV yep. comedy, where New York is underground comedy, but like all of these dudes that are coming out of the New York scene all know each other. Mm. Yeah, like they all work together. Like the channel True TV pretty much goes to a giant group of friends, and yeah. even though these shows seem super unrelated, all the producers or all like the everyone, the little you know the side cast members or whatever, they all know each other. Mm. I like True TV. Yeah, I think it's pretty funny. So I, like, I've never seen it. The channel. Yeah. Uh, like I don't the Practical Joker guys. Yeah, they're all friends with like Chris Gethard, who was on True TV for a little bit. 
And then like, uh, if you remember friends of the people from like years ago, that was on true TV, Jermaine Fowler was on that show. And then there was another guy on that show, Kevin Barnett. Uh, he, he was hysterical. Uh, he passed away last year, year before I think last year, I think. And he had a podcast uh, called round table of gentlemen, which was like all these other comedians. And now some of them are out in LA, but it's like, it's all this giant, like this web of like the yeah. college humor guys and like all of this giant web of like, Oh, it's a, it's a big, um, a cartel essentially yeah speaking of awkward moments um i had to do this i mean it, for for those of you who know that i work at a church and so i was doing this announcement thing on stage it was for some father's day mother's day who the heck knows we were giving away gift cards just to be nice to and the then you start playing showing. music about grinding uh no um oh, i was up on stage <laughs> appropriate and for father's day for and me, mother's day for me um i just you know when i hear the word cartel i think of the economic term i don't know if i i feel like an old person i've already said this on the show yeah i did no 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 oh okay so. i feel like i mean so here was the mistake. There was a Mexican lady on stage, Ooh, and these, <laughs> this Mexican, no. the Mexican girl on stage started talking to this old grandma, like whispering in her ear. And I'm standing there with a mic. I'm like, "Hey, no foreman cartels over there." And I, it just, it didn't even cross my mind about like the racial side of that. Oh yeah. my god! And uh, some people were just staring at me at that church service, like, "What the heck?" And I, and then like my my pastor came and he's like, "Hey, you know uh, that cartel comment." Um, I don't know if that was the right call. And I was like, oh, I was just thinking like the economic term, which is just two companies collaborating together. Right. Yeah. But apparently nobody thinks weird like I do. So yeah, that was one of my mistakes. Yeah. Oof. I, uh, see, see, had that been a show and I would have been in the back, you would have heard dead sense and just me going, oof, <laughs> <laughs> just me. Like I, peop, it's funny. People love when I'm at shows because something will not land. But I'm the only one in Orlando, so you just hear dead sounds, and it's me in the back. Like I'm gonna lean back so I can just be like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yep, that was a good distance." Yeah, I didn't want to blow out your speaker. Random, but... random, random, random question. Yeah. Last week I went down a rabbit hole of watching a bunch of Eric Andre interviews. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that guy? Uh, Eric Andre is scary. Different. He's not an innovator by any means. No. Um, he's different. He's weird. I loved it at first. I'm glad he ended the show because I think he kind of realized it was oh, time is to it go. In? It's, it's over. over. Okay. He kind of realized. Do you ca- know what it is, Cameron? Yeah, I've seen clips. It's it, there's some funny stuff. There's it's funny stuff. The interviews are funny. I think his on the street segments are hysterical. Uh, I kind of got over it eventually because it was kind of yeah. It, it it's be- the same thing over and over. It again. became that LOL so random. Oh my gosh! I just the first time I watched the intro for the show, I was just mm-hmm. dying because oh, yeah. it's like a late night show that's the worst late night show. You pop, like he yeah. tackles the drummer in the band. I'm he, like, what? He's the trying heck? to deconstruct late night shows. He's it was tr- great. It's great. But and that when I was pitching pick your poison around to people, I go, if all these other showcases are the Jimmy Fallon's, the Jimmy Kimmel's, I go, we want to be the Eric Andre. Yeah, mm-hmm. we want to just be. What is this? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. why? Why am I like? I want the comedians to be like. Why am I doing this? Late night TV is not that funny. It's really not. I mean, granted, no, it's not. Yeah, it's I would not love not. to host a late night show, but then again, I'd want to be like like the Eric Andre or the Conan, where you're just doing things and you're like, no one else is doing this, but we're yeah. gonna do it because it's not because it's gonna get his views, but because it's funny. Yeah, I actually think, um, like even the the John Oliver show did that like season one they were really good about bringing in like weird weird elements that are like obviously high production value and Mm -hmm. like obviously a very high budget went into like oh we brought in a whole band full of like of like dress up 
dress up animals and they're gonna play <laughs> at the end of the show <laughs> for no reason you know it was like yeah it's, like some of that stuff was really really funny back in the day <laughs> like, i don't i don't john, really, john I oliver's funny to me he, he is because yeah. I, I feel like i actually learn stuff when i watch john oliver because i'm like oh interesting i just i think maybe i'm so adhd or something that like there are three kinds of comedy that just make me shut off completely netflix stand-up comedy specials i just don't laugh that much Mm-hmm. Late night TV, it just, I mean, Conan, I've laughed a few times, but it was like very specific stuff, right? Yeah. Like, oh, he's playing video games. Yay. You know, like, I was <laughs> yeah. like, I, I've played video games before too, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then every time someone says anything about SNL, I do not know what it like is. SNL? I, I just never laugh with SNL. Uh, recent SNL or just SNL in general? I don't know. The only SNL that I ever thought was like funny was stuff with Jim Carrey because I think Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey is Carrey like was not SNL. Well, well, then there you go. <laughs> I don't know what I saw him, but he was the Juice Man. You, you know, what Adam I'm Sandler. <laughs> no, he might have been hosting. Do you like a the Juice? That one? No, 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 no. There's one with Jim Carrey. There's this clip on YouTube where he's like, it, <laughs> my brother quotes it all the time. He's like, he's like, I juice all the time, and it's just all about it, juice. I don't know how to explain it. Might it might be when he was hosting, or it might be from In Living Color, the sketch show he was. I on. think that's the one it was. Uh, SNL to me is funny. If you really want to see good SNL, uh, I will be the first to say there's good SNL in every season. I really believe that there's good SNL, and bad SNL in every season. It's like swimming through muck. Though I don't know about that though. I I really think that like you're bound to find good stuff more than your bad stuff. Um, I mean the people that came out of SNL, right? Chris Farley, Adam Sandler. But Eddie I never Murphy. thought I this this is the thing. I never thought Adam Sandler was funny. Oh, you're so wrong. And I don't care. You're so wrong. I don't care. It's your generation. Every yeah. movie that I watch with it, I'm like, it's just not funny to me. Adam Sandler. Oh my gosh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Oh. I haven't seen them, so... You haven't seen Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison? Maybe that's what I'm missing. But it's, everything that I've ever seen with Adam Sandler, I'm like, this is absolute horse crap. But, like, the thing is, you're watching recent Adam Sandler, you really have to watch a young Adam Sandler be that man baby. But not in, like, a... It's just like Jim Carrey, right? It's that era of, like, I'm in... Like, but then again, that kind of stuff is carried over to, like, guys like Seth Rogen, where it's just like, I'm dumb, but I'm a f- semi-functional adult. Whereas, like, Adam Sandler... <laughs> I think it's it's Billy Ma- it's Billy Madison in the very opening credits he's like he's drunk and he's also having like heat exhaustion like heat stroke so he's seeing this giant penguin and he's just running around his mansion chasing this penguin that's not really there but he's like it's so dumb but it's so funny because it's just Adam Sandler being like I'm gonna get you penguin yeah I mean may- I don't know like it's just there's oh. something about it see that people that okay this is gonna offend a ton of people people mm-hmm. that think Will Ferrell is hilarious I just doesn't do anything for me see some I think some will the thing is when they're when they're not leaning into like look this is why I'm being hired and I know why I'm being hired like I think Will Ferrell can be very funny I think Will Ferrell and Elf is genius mm. I like it I like Elf yeah. And I've said this before on the show. Every time I watch Elf, I sit down saying, I don't think Will Ferrell's funny. This isn't that good of a movie. And by the end, I'm like, okay, it's pretty good. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's there's definite good SNL. There's definite good. I mean, yeah. If you want to watch a really good Netflix special, watch, uh, I think it's Ray Romano's. I will. Yeah. He, I don't remember what it's called. It's called Small Something or Close Something. He drops in in a, in a New York club. I think it's the Comedy Cellar or one of them. He drops in, and he just has his crew with him starting to film. 
And he goes, all right, guys, that's my set. Have a good night. And the crew leaves with him, and he goes around the corner to another comedy club, does a drop-in, and they don't stop filming. Like, he does two separate sets. Yeah. But they film the whole thing. They walk with him through the... That sounds yeah. really interesting, actually. Yeah. So it's, like, it's cool to, to, to see that kind of thing of, like... So when you say, like, oh, I don't like any Netflix special, I'm like, wow, that, there are some that are really good. Well, no, uh, let me restate that, then. I haven't liked any of the Netflix specials that I've watched. You seen Brian Regan? No. Watch Brian Regan. Brian Regan's a master. It's uh, like I'll see ones that I, like, kind of recognize, and I'll be like, okay, like, let's watch it. Uh, yeah. John Mulaney crushes everything I've seen John Mulaney do. Like, that guy is killer. Yeah. I think maybe exposure is my main issue. Yeah. But watch. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but Bo Burnham's What. Uh, That's one of the best specials. I saw that one live. And what was killer about that one is I didn't really like Bo Burnham at the time. And we went and saw it. My buddy's like, what do you think? What do you think? Because we know you don't like him. I go, it was a horrible comedy show, but an amazing one-man show. Yeah. Because he has a song called Sad. And it's all it's all like setups. It's like uh like I'll just do the the first one is it's a song because I saw a homeless man named Rich. He wasn't. Mm. So, but the the whole thing is like yeah. I saw this boom punch. I saw this punch. I saw this punch. Uh, And then he goes like, guys, I've been telling you sad sad things this entire time, but you haven't been like crying at all. No, you've been laughing. You've been smiling. Like that's it. That's the cure to sadness is laughter. Uh, I get it now. I'm a sociopath. And then he just goes on this insane tangent of like, uh, I saw an, I saw an old man trip and fall. What an idiot. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. Like it's it just like, but it's the thing, right? Is like, so, so like I said, like that tragedy plus time equals comedy of like, it, it just, it's great. He kind of harps on that. Like, yeah, yeah, that's how we cope with, with sadness is by laughing and by, being uncomfortable and, and but almost not enjoying it but like the absurdity of it i like what you're saying cameron with the pressure valve release yeah. earlier yeah and i've actually seen that play out in your life and we're gonna wrap up the show here but when i first met you in middle school you were like really really emo goth and always angry <laughs> yeah uh it was not fun to be around you but I not. think my favorite your dad my, left. <laughs> I think my favorite my favorite part about being friends with you, Cameron, is so like slowly watching your dark comedic side come out throughout like growing up. Mm. It's like probably one of the best parts about you. Mm. Mm. And it's definitely made you a more fun person to hang out with. Yeah. And, and I like how it also completely cuts out people out of your life that you don't need. Yeah. And I and, and like I know that's brutal, but I'm like if they can't handle it, like they're not gonna handle Cameron, you know. Yeah, yeah. I have a true. I have a buddy who's adopted, and he's never known his real parents, uh, which is funny because he looks like his adopted dad. Mm-hmm. He was like, mm-hmm. like when I found out he was adopted, I'm like, I thought you were saying it's funny because he looks adopted. <laughs> he looks adopted, <laughs> I like, which I mean, when you just say someone, it's funny too because you could say someone looks adopted, and your brain instantly goes into something offensive, right? Yeah, like you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he looks adopted, and you're like. Is he a different race? It's like what? No. What do you? I, well, I, I mean, I went straight to like Oliver Twist. <laughs> yeah, I just but, started picturing yeah. like uh, Tim Burton films or yeah, something. Um, dust, dirt on, on his face. Droopy eye. He looks like his. Uh, he looks like his adopted dad and his adopted mom too. He looks like both of them. But so uh, I was talking to him, and he'll just like, I'll say something, and I'll be like, I'll be like, yeah, man. You're great. And he'll be like, thanks. I don't know what admiration is because uh, I never had a dad growing up. 
or I'll throw him something and he'll just drop it. Like he'll just be like, hmm, never had a dad to teach me how to play catch. <laughs> You're killing Cameron right now. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's but basically so, what I do in my yeah, life. He's, so, uh, so when you uh, say Cameron that just stuff, eating like, lunch, oh, this is good, but I never had a dad. <laughs> <laughs> There was this awkward moment, Cameron. I don't know why I did this, and I should probably tell you because I threw you under the bus. No, go for but it. But there was, I was. Met your dad. <laughs> I was hanging out at, um, for some Father's Day thing, and then I started making jokes about how you didn't have a dad as if <laughs> as if you were there because you make those jokes so often, and all these people are like, this is why are you making fun of your friend and how he didn't have a dad? And I was like, like, oh, it's fine. He always makes jokes about it. And then I think to myself, <laughs> wait, what am I doing? They were like, Isaac, this is a funeral and you're playing music about grinding. <laughs> now you're talking about Cameron's dad. It wasn't a funeral. It was a memorial for a, a shooting. I was talking about a different situation where you also did the same thing. That was your bad for bringing that back up. <laughs> <laughs> did I? Wait. Have I done music at a funeral? No, I was just I was just trying to not throw myself under the bus, so I I'm was just, making you look bad. Oh man, there's you know if you go to a funeral, there's weird stuff that happens there. Always, I already, Always. I already have a funeral Every playlist set up for myself. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, and it, it's literally like I made a joke about it earlier. I'm but, walking on sunshine. Uh, no, All Star by Smash Mouth is on that playlist. I think Heck Usher yeah. is pretty good for my, yeah. <laughs> Let's do yeah at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. The the main theme from Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> this is what was weird about that. What if like do you pick sad, depressing music? No. No, yeah. Like, no. I don't think that's a good choice either. So I did deep house techno club music. Uh, that's that doesn't sound right. No, no, no. It, it was like it was like lo-fi, lo-fi chill, lo-fi chill is the best way I can put it. Studying music. Yeah, you put on the the twenty-four hour uh, playlist to study on YouTube. That's what it is, pretty much. Yeah. That's what I but did. But then again, like, what do you like? Like, what do you play? That's I was like, I was like, I know this is weird, but it's better than, uh, you know, sad piano solo. Fergie. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> no, I mean, like, no, I, I think, I think, f- okay, funeral. You're in charge. Okay, now we're gonna play a game. You guys, you're in charge of a funeral. Oh, no. You're in charge of a funeral, and they say, okay, you got to put music on. It really depends on who the person is. It really depends. I'll just play Danny Elfman at your funeral. Okay? <laughs> oh. Which one? The one that goes boom, 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 <laughs> Or the one that goes boom, 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 <laughs> Um, I like that you also implied that Cameron's going to die before you do. <laughs> I will. Yeah, he probably will. <laughs> um, I can't. Okay, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Cameron. I can't imagine me dying before you. <laughs> Let's put it to the test. Um, but then again, I would do a great job with your funeral, and you would do a terrible job with mine. Yours would be cinematic. <laughs> I, Always. I wouldn't do a terrible job with yours. What are you talking about? I think you'd make it pretty depressing. I'm going to be 100% honest. I would, I would, if, I'm going to let you know. If you die, I'm going to make sure that your funeral is inspirational and and extremely well fun? put together. Can we have like a yeah? I'm gonna, I'll make it fun. Something? I'll make it fun for you. I I said that if I ever become this fun is... for me, I'm gonna be dead. <laughs> Either way, you'll be laughing. So sure. I've always said that if I'm terminal, I'm gonna plan my own funeral, uh, and I'm gonna hire four party clowns and six <laughs> magicians. <laughs> And, I, uh, and not tell them what it's for. I always, oh, I no. always, I always told, uh, I always tell Jules 
if I die, no matter what you do at the funeral, think to yourself, I'm laughing at you the entire time. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna make the body disappear. <laughs> well, that was the thing. It's like, or like do the do the <laughs> cutting in half, <laughs> or like <laughs> yeah. So it's the thing. It's because I want someone to be like, hey, I'm uh, I'm Greg. I'm I was hired to do this funeral. And it's like, uh, Greg, what were you hired to do? And I was like, I'm uh. Both jangles, the party clowns. <laughs> I'm a juggler. <laughs> yeah, like just a bunch of dumb things. Where hey, you... <laughs> kids. Uh, there's actually no children invited to this funeral. I no. didn't know your dad. <laughs> but... <laughs> Why is it goofy? Yeah, no, wait a minute. Wait, yeah, they're go- a man dressed as a Disney character goofy. Let's get the Disney characters. Let's get the scary Bo Peep person in Disneyland to come. Yes. I yes. want a character breakfast at my funeral. You know, I was thinking. I was thinking. Goofy's kitchen is the reception. <laughs> someone, someone has said this before. I saw that. Maybe I saw this on Twitter or something. But they said that at their funeral, they want themselves to be to be animatronic. <laughs> and oh, it would be no. open casket, oh. and so you would go <laughs> and you would hit the button, and then it would and then it would come up and it would go. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> For every person, yes, that would take so long. <laughs> and your body would just start to. Move. I would love if there was a guy that would have to wind the back of the box at the same time, yeah, you know, yeah, trying exactly. to make sure it has enough power. <laughs> like it's not just plugged in; it's like a, it's like a, like a hamster wheel. I what feel like it? people would just start leaving. Like <laughs> uh, they'd be like, "What the heck?" I. I want indoor fireworks, but I want no one to know that they're about to go off, and I want them to be attached to my body. No, 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 no. Just put your ashes in the fireworks. Have you seen that thing, too? There's a thing I on- can't stop the recording. We have to keep going with this funeral. Have <laughs> you seen the thing online where it's like, uh, when I die, I want to be scattered around Disneyland, but I don't want to be cremated? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh. You just go down. You you go down pirates, and, a, and a, <laughs> an arm floats up. <laughs> but I also like the idea of just like, "Hello, my dad and I would like to get on Splash Mountain." <laughs> He's just like, you, know, like, you put him in the wheelchair, and you weekend at Bernie's him, <laughs> toss him off the side while right before going. <laughs> Wee! The picture is just like your lifeless body in the middle of the air. <laughs> You're still wearing sunglasses <laughs> and a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> and it's not like you just died. You've been di- dead for a while. Like, yeah, you're like, like your body is like graying out, and you're like, <laughs> oh, this is rigor mortis is setting in. <laughs> you're like, st- yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> I'm so sorry if anyone is offended by this. I don't. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, right? It's like. Is like, I mean, this kind of really like, it's weird that this is like an answer to our equation of like, what's well, funny and well, the absurdity is funny and making you uncomfortable is funny. And this death is something that makes everybody uncomfortable. I'll make sure you're hired at my funeral. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'll film a little video oh on my, my webcam. Oh my gosh. Funeral roasts. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is what I want. A roast at your own funeral? Yeah. No, because the best part about your funeral is, or about a roast is you get to come back and be like, boom, 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 you're all garbage. <gasps> you could film one. Yes. Yes. Okay. So at my so so I'm an Eagle Scout. So at my Eagle Court of Honor, I was like, I don't want people to come up and say like nice, great things about me. Mm -hmm. I want 
the scoutmasters and a couple people that I pick to come up and roast me, <laughs> and then I'll and then I'll roast them back. So I treated my my Eagle Court of Honor as a roast, essentially. <laughs> Very tasteful. So I want to do that. I want I that that will be my funeral. You gotta film it'll, it. Gotta it'll just it be called cremation. Wouldn't wouldn't that be <laughs> funny if you if we started filming content for our funerals now, and then like almost do it yearly till we die, and then have like popcorn and like just this long. It'd be so weird though. It would be so weird. It'd be so weird to be like, hey, what up? It's 2019, and I'm dead. I'm 28 right now. Uh, you're at my funeral, and it's like. Oh, bummer he died at 29. You could see he had some big hopes for this, but... Yeah. I, I've always thought about filming something, even if I die at, like, 70, mm-hmm. have a video of me at 20 and be like, this is me at my best? I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> see, I, and, th- and this... I know we're talking about something. This isn't really funny, but I always wanted to, like, write a journal for, like, a kid that I would eventually have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, give it to them, or have if I'm not there, give it give have somebody give it to them on their 18th birthday. Did you ever see that really sad Gmail or like Google commercial where it was like the the dad was like, he had an email account for the kid and he was like, um, he was like sending her an email every day and then, and then like, I think he died and then she, she like got the email address and saw all the, all the emails every day. Cool. I have 3000 missed emails from my late dad. Hey, what up? It's Tuesday. We're going to Arby's. All right, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh. Some of those had to be boring. Like. No, definitely. <laughs> yeah, every day. Yeah. Well, th- try to think about like content to come up with every day. And you know, one one or two days he just missed. He was just like, oh, man, sorry I didn't email you yesterday. <laughs> Went to Arby's, got tired, took a nap. <laughs> oh. Well, Ruben, thank you for being on the show. I think we're going to wrap it up. We've been trying to hit 70 minutes, but this one's going to go long. Um, If you enjoy Everything Comes From Something, of course, you heard at the beginning, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. And yeah, that's about it. I think we can wrap it up for 51. Again, Ruben, you want to throw out any socials and events? Yeah. uh, I mean, I'll throw out the social for the the show. I run the show, Pick Your Poison Comedy. Uh, I believe it's Pick Your Poison Comedy at Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook, Pick Poison Comedy, and then, like I said, the show is July 9th at Santa Clara Valley Brewing. It's almost downtown. Uh, that's how I explain it. It's almost in downtown San Jose. It's right on the edge, uh, and it's 8 p.m., and then $10 online, 15 at the door. Awesome. If you guys want to know what's going on with everything comes from something, you can check out our social media stuff, ECFS podcast, except for Twitter, which is just pod at the end of that, ECFS. So that's about it. We'll wrap up the show. Cameron, any last words? See you at the funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Everything Comes From Something is currently a 100% fan-funded podcast. If you want to support us, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ecfspodcast. Shout out to our executive producers, Darren O'Neill, Kiana Layap, and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you guys for your support. You are awesome people. Alongside, I just want to highlight our year-long supporters who have joined us in our first year. Kyle Garola, Austin Keys. Kid Tested Mother Approved Show and Kazu Greenwood. Also, David Allman, shout out, even though you are you can't afford to keep supporting us. I love you, bro. Uh, of course, you know where the link is if you want to support us. And if you have any feedback, you can check out our survey on our Patreon. We would love to hear any feedback you have on the show. We are trying to improve and basically just become better podcasters as this show grows and hopefully becomes better.
Uh, with that, this is the end bumper. I guess we're going to be doing this every week. And if we have any more announcements or info, we'll put it here. I don't know if there's going to be ads. I truly do not know what I'm doing. I feel like I have an aneurysm. I've, I'm like, this is like the eighth time I've recorded this. So, so much for professionalism. There it is. Slurring. Oh my, ah.